You are listening to the Super Mamas Getting Tired podcast. I'm your host, Tori Henderson, and this is episode 126. All links and show notes can be found by going to lifecoachingforparents.com slash 126. Welcome to the Super Mom is Getting Tired podcast. This show is designed for moms who invest everything into parenting, but get overwhelmed, lost, and resentful. Listen and learn how to unburden yourself, feel calm, full of energy, and in control. I'm your host, master certified life coach, teacher, and recovering super mom, Tori Henderson. Hello, super moms. How are you? Happy summer, almost summer. It's June though. You made it through another school year. Congratulations. You deserve congrats too. You know, wouldn't have happened if it weren't for you. So good job. I hope you get to enjoy some lazy days of summer or have the pace of life slow down a little bit. If you're looking for a way to celebrate, how about you leave me a review? on iTunes or Spotify or Apple Podcasts, wherever you're listening to your podcast these days. I have created an incentive now. So if you've been thinking about signing up for life coaching, now might be the time because I am offering $100 off of a life coaching package for everybody who leaves me a review. Well, I think I said the first 25 people who leave me a review uh, for the podcast or going you can go on Yelp or social media and just tell people about it, just to help people know that life coaching is an option. A lot of times they don't know. And therapists these days are so booked up and people are trying to help their kids and their friends and their spouses. But life coaching might be just the perfect thing. And now you can get $100 off for leaving me a review. So thank you for helping me spread the word about this podcast and the work that I do. Today, we are going to talk about, well, I love this title. It's My House is My Kryptonite. So if you have a hard time being in your house because it drains your energy, then this is a great episode for you. I remember hearing a fellow teacher of mine say that when she walks in her door, it's like the whole house just hugs her. She says she gets such a warm, comforting feeling from her home that she just would never want to leave it. And I remember thinking, I have do not have that same feeling without my house. That sounds lovely. But uh, yeah, she had it. I didn't. So I don't know how common that is. Let me know. Tell me in your review. If you have that feeling, if you walk in your house and it feels like it rises up to hug you, I'm curious if that's common and I'm the weird one. But anyways, today is for a super mom, Melissa, whose house is her kryptonite. She says, Dear Tori, being in my house drains my energy. The clutter and the chaos cause me to lose focus and feel powerless. Anything I do to try and restore order immediately gets messed up by my three kids and my ADHD husband. When I'm in the main room, my eyes dart around to all the unfinished tasks, work that I have to do, things I hate about my house. I look for excuses to be out of my house rather than clean it. I will clean the car. I will work in the yard. I will even run to Target to buy more stuff to cram into my already cluttered house. 
How am I supposed to create a clean and relaxing home environment when being in my house makes me tired and unfocused? Great question, Melissa. So we'll dive into the parent educator answer, which is this isn't really a parent education question, but it's just kind of like conventional wisdom or advice, one might say. So I would say to Melissa that if she really felt ready to tackle the situation, like it had gotten really bad, she really wanted to make a change, I would suggest hiring a personal organizer to help her do a dramatic clean sweep of her home. If you watch those shows, they always start by just pulling everything out of the space. So that's what I would suggest. You choose the room that bugs you the most to have someone helping you and pull everything out of it. The reason why that would is a good suggestion for our people who are in Melissa's position is that it immediately shifts the energy in the home. So you get all that stuff out there. It feels like a clean slate, like a blank canvas. So this can give you renewed energy. The problem with this method is that you're not getting to the root cause of why your house is where it is. Chances are your room would probably stay clean for like a month, maybe two, but slowly you'd end up right back where you started because you didn't really deal with the root cause. Other suggestions are you could delegate it to your family and say, you guys be in charge of the house and the clutter. You could hire a house cleaner. You could decide not to let it bother you. You could create a system where the whole family pitches in on Friday nights and everybody works together. There are many solutions, but here at the Super Mom is Getting Tired podcast, we know that quick fixes only last so long. To make long-lasting change, we gotta do a little life coaching. So with the life coaching answer, we think of, well, what? going to get in the way. If I did that, if I hired an organizer, if I got the family to rally every Friday and do a group cleanup, if I hired a house cleaner to come in, you know, it'd have to be like three days a week at least because one day a week is not going to help. It would have to be a lot more. So what's going to get in the way from doing any of those things? Well, the first thing we need to do is to debunk the idea that your house is more powerful than you are. So when Melissa says, my house drains my energy, she's speaking it as though it's a fact, right? Like I walk in the door and my energy gets drained out and I am powerless to that. There's nothing I can do about that except maybe clear everything out, right? So she's reporting it to me like you might be reporting on the weather. Like This is just the state of things. And there is no doubt that our clutter holds energy and many people can feel drained in a messy house full of stuff. Most of us walk into a hotel room and notice the increased mental clarity that comes with having everything in its place and nothing for us to do, right? It kind of feels sort of energizing. You feel alive and you're mentally clear in a hotel room or a model home, something like that. But when you walk into a messy garage where there's clutter stacked up to the ceiling and stuff everywhere, it is common for people to feel overwhelmed by that. But 
if you are walking through the messy garage to grab the fire extinguisher because your stove was on fire, you would have complete mental clarity. You would be able to tune out all the stuff, head straight for that uh, fire extinguisher because you're, you want to put out the fire in your house, right? If you were at a hotel room and you had 15 minutes to get three kids changed, two dogs fed, and then make it on time for a worrisome doctor's appointment, then you would feel overwhelmed and chaotic, even though the hotel room is perfectly clean. So a messy house is not more powerful than your brain. You could be sitting in your messy house, completely drained and exhausted, staring at all the clutter, feeling absolutely no energy. And then suddenly the doorbell rings. At your door are balloons and cameras and people holding a giant check saying, congratulations, you won the publisher's clearinghouse. Suddenly you would feel energized and delighted You would invite these people into your home feeling excited and happy. No more kryptonite. So instead of the title, my house is my kryptonite, it would be more accurate to say my brain while in my house is my kryptonite. This makes it easier because guess who determines what happens inside your brain? You do. At least you have the power to. It might be sitting on a default setting right now, but your house does not have power over you. You have power over your brain, which has power over how you feel, no matter what environment you're in. Nothing is going to change your brain, in my opinion, until you figure out why you want the house to be messy. So this, let me say this again. Okay, so you've got this situation where you're feeling drained inside your house and you want to make a change, but nothing's happening. You are in the driver's seat here. You have the power to clean or not clean. And so before we start down that track and start doing things, we want to figure out, why do I want a messy house? Now, I know you might be thinking, but Troy, I don't want a messy house. (laughs) You're missing the point. But no, I get it. But when you're actively creating a situation that is contrary to what you say you want, that tells me that there are two competing voices inside your head. One voice says, I want a clean house. The other voice says, I want it to be messy. This voice will sabotage any efforts you make to get organized. So before you can conquer that enemy, you've got to get to know that enemy. You got to figure out why do I want to sabotage my efforts to clean? Why don't I want the house to be tidy? If I say that I want to lose weight and I'm eating a donut every morning, drinking soda all day and munching cookies in front of the TV at night, then clearly I don't want to lose weight because those aren't the foods one would eat if they wanted to lose weight. So before I can lose weight, I've got to figure out why I want to gain weight so that I understand the forces that are keeping me making those choices. Does this make sense to anybody out there? So if you want to lose weight, 
first ask yourself, why don't I? I can tell you my reason. (laughs) The reason I don't want to lose weight is because I really enjoy eating treats in front of the TV after dinner. (laughs) I keep making that decision over and over again. So I must enjoy that and I like it and I want it more than I want to lose weight. So that's my reason. So if you ask, why do I want a messy house? You might be thinking, who would? Who would want a messy house story? (laughs) Might be what you're wondering inside your brain. Well, these are subconscious. Usually they're not in our conscious awareness, right? So I've got, I'm going to list eight reasons why someone might want to live in a messy house, even when their conscious brain is saying they want it clean. Number one. They don't want to do what it takes to keep it clean. I don't want to spend hours in the kitchen. Just like I don't want to go running 10 miles a day. (laughs) So I don't want to lose weight. I don't want to have a perfectly clean house. Because if I had a perfectly clean house, what it would require of me is something I don't want to do. I don't want to follow my kids around the house, constantly reminding them to put their caps back on the pens and put their socks in the hamper and clean out the sink after you brush your teeth. Like, that's a lot of work. Don't want to do it. Therefore, I don't want to have a perfectly immaculately clean house because the lifestyle that it would require of me is not something I'm after. Okay, so that's number one. That's my probably main reason why my house is not perfectly clean. Number two, it might be subconsciously you might be keeping your house messy because you feel stressed and overwhelmed on the inside and you want your environment to reflect that. So we like to have our outsides match our insides. So I know in college, every week of finals, my house, my bedroom would get just Rash. And it made me feel better to have a total disaster because my brain was a bit of a disaster and I kind of liked it. And then after finals was over, I enjoyed cleaning it up because it felt like this clean slate and I was kind of drawing a line in the sand saying, okay, now it's vacation time. So sometimes we just like it to be that way. And if you're on the inside, you're feeling a little chaotic and overwhelmed and stressed. It just is a natural um, consequence, I guess. So number three reason why people subconsciously might want a messy house is they think if it gets bad enough, someone will come in and rescue them. This is a very powerless state, even though I can understand and appreciate it, but it doesn't feel good. You know, it's where we just want somebody to come and rescue us. It's like that hospital fantasy. Like maybe I'll just get sick enough where I can, you know, be hospitalized for a few days and someone will bring me three meals. Like this is something we do when we don't feel comfortable asking for help. So better to just ask for help than to just hope that it'll get bad enough someone will rescue. All right, number four reason why your house might be messy is that you love a transformation. It is more satisfying to take a disaster and completely transform it into a beautifully clean room than to do a little bit every day and never feel that energy shift that comes from a dramatic improvement. I mean, look at all the HGTV shows. Like, we love a transformation. We love a dramatic before and after story. 
So that might be a subconscious reason why you're keeping the house messy. If you do clean it and it transforms the space every month or three, then that might be your pattern. Number five reason why we might want a messy house is if you're seeking revenge. Keeping a house messy can be a passive-aggressive way to punish our loved ones if they like it clean. We might want to punish our loved ones for fill in the blank, anything. We could be doing it because of the cultural expectations society places on women's shoulders more than men and that we feel guilty and burdened if our house is messy and they don't, and we might be mad about that and taking it out on our husband. It might be that one time your husband accidentally gave away a bag of clothes to Goodwill and you're still holding on resentment. It might be that you spent six years in college to spend your days cleaning toilets and picking up dog poop. It could be anything that might make you feel resentful. And so you might be kind of subconsciously punishing uh, other people. I mean, you could be punishing yourself too. Uh, if you feel like I'm not worthy or good enough to have a clean home, it's just one of these things we do subconsciously. So better to bring it into our conscious awareness because then we can change if we want to. All right, moving on to number six. Reason why someone might want to maintain a messy house is the desire for perfection. Some people enjoy perfecting and making things look and function beautifully. But with three kids constantly undoing your efforts, it's easy to get defeated and just think, why try? Like, what's the point? It's not going to stay this way, the way I want it to be, right? So you might choose to keep it messy because you're holding out for the day when you can work your perfectionistic magic. Number seven. You dislike the space. If you are wanting to move to another house or you're wanting to remodel and do a renovation, you might purposefully let your house look as bad as possible in hopes that maybe your partner will cave in and agree to do the reno or agree to move. Um, It might be your way of sort of rejecting the home that you're currently in. I don't like it, so I'm not even going to try. So that might be a reason why you want it to be messy. And the last reason, number eight, is there's something else going on that you don't want to deal with. And having a chronically messy house is a great distraction. So if you're avoiding dealing with marriage problems, financial problems, physical or mental health problems, then having an obvious clutter problem is a handy thing to hide behind. So, you know, this happened with a lot of people during the pandemic, right? They got, they developed some social anxiety, some health anxiety. And when someone might say, hey, you want to meet up, go for a walk? It's like, well, I've got this project. I'm working on with my house. I need to declutter the attic. I'm cleaning, you know? And so it kind of becomes a very handy excuse to avoid something that triggers our anxiety. Surprisingly, there are many reasons why people might want to keep their house messy. So before trying to change the house, I suggest figure out what yours are and see if they're worth keeping. You know, you might have one, you might have more than one reason that resonated with you. So 
if Melissa's going to go through this list, I suggest she figure out what are her reasons and then ask yourself two questions. And if you guys are not out walking the dog or driving your car, (laughs) write these two questions down. I will put them in the show notes. Do I like my reason for keeping my house messy? Is it a good reason? Is it aligned with my values? And the second question is, is there another way for me to achieve my desired goal? Like, is there another way for me to get what I want? So for example, when I realized that I was keeping my house messy because I was resentful that this is what my life had boiled down to, <laughs> I that it was my life revolved around loading and unloading the dishwasher is what it felt like. I was unhappy and I wanted my environment to reflect that. So I kind of had a couple reasons why I kept my house messy. So I asked myself, do I like my reason for keeping my house messy? And you know what? In a way I did. But when I asked, is there another way to get what I want? I decided there was. So I started working. I worked at a preschool, just enough hours to pay for a house cleaner. I thought I would rather teach preschool and parenting classes than mop my floor. So once I aligned with my values and found work that I enjoyed that made me helped me feel like myself, then I let somebody else do the work that they enjoyed, which was restoring order to my house. It helped me feel much more at peace, much more aligned with who I meant, felt like I was meant to be. And then I could be in my perfectly imperfect home and feel at ease there. Because of course, it's never going to be perfect, right? So let's say that you're listening to these reasons and maybe number six was the one that you resonated with. Maybe you found that you have a desire for perfection and that that's what's keeping you from having a clean home. So ask yourself, do I like my reason and is there another way to achieve the same goal? So you might find a compromise like setting a timer for 15 minutes of tidying, which you maybe don't really enjoy doing. But then you can reward yourself by color coordinating your condiments in the refrigerator. (laughs) I can really relate to enjoying to do like a deep perfectionistic clean. Like that's fun for me. You know, my house might be messy and, and untidy, but my pantry is very organized and my sock drawer (laughs) looks really good too. So it's more fun for me to get into the nitty gritty than to do like the same thing every day. And so if that's you, you might decide you like that reason and just have somebody else do the tidying up and you get to do the deep organizing or like I said, just shrink it down so that you're, you can get it done in short little increments of time using the timer to, to make it uh, more palatable. Because if you go into your house and you're like, oh my God there are five hours worth of work to do, you're never going to do it. So Sarah Lynn's issue was that she couldn't relax until the house was clean. At least that's what she told herself. (laughs) She was constantly complaining about the mess and trying to get her family to pitch in so that she could feel relaxed on the inside. Her house was messy because she didn't want to be cleaning it all the time. So she was kind of doing this cognitive dissonance where I wanted to be clean, but I don't want to be 
doing what it takes to clean it all the time. But she thought, I can't relax until it is clean. So without realizing it, she'd given away her ability to relax to outside forces. And it wasn't working for her. Her family hid from her because she was constantly nagging them and they just wanted her to chill out. She wanted to chill out too, but she couldn't figure out how to do it when the house was a mess. So she asked herself these two questions. Do I like my reason? And is there another way to get what I want? So instead of focusing on getting her home clean so that she could relax, she focused on feeling relaxed on the inside first. She found it easiest to do this when she was outside the home. So she would go sit in her car or she'd sit in the backyard and she would breathe and read a book. And then when she felt ready to go inside, she would tell herself what to focus on. Because it's really, here's, don't do this, mamas. (laughs) This should be today's Super Mom Kryptonite, but it's not. Don't walk into a messy house and let your house dictate your mental, emotional, and state. And don't let your house tell you what to do. Walk into your house with a plan, okay? So before, like sit in your car, before you go into the house, set your intention. What do I want to feel when I go in there? What do I want to focus on when I go in there? Because if your house has a lot of clutter, it's just going to pull you and drain you, all right? So that's kind of what Sarah Lynn figured out how to do. She would rally the kids. Everybody's going to wipe off the counters. She puts dishes away, takes 10 minutes, and then she would go back outside and read her book and relax. And this helped prove to her brain that she could relax even while her house was messy and only devote small chunks of the day to cleaning, not feeling like this is all I have to do all day long. So if you connected with reason number four, which is having a pattern of increasing messiness so that you get a big transformation, perhaps you'll decide that you like this reason and it works for you. And maybe there's nothing that has to change. Then you can just feel at peace with your decision and eliminate the cognitive dissonance that's draining your energy. Because that's what makes your brain spin around in circles is when you have two competing beliefs. So the most important thing is for you to reconcile those competing voices, figuring out what you really, really want. Your conscious brain might think that it wants a perfectly tidy home, but your subconscious brain might be tired and just want to rest. So finding the balance between these two voices where both get heard and respected will create a mind state of peace and clarity. Today's Supermom Kryptonite is, this is just how I am. One of the biggest obstacles that interferes with our ability to grow and change is a mindset like, this is just how I am. I've always been this way and nothing is going to change that. This is a huge block to creating new synaptic activity and growing the brain to think in a new way. When you think this is just how I am, you're surrendering all of your personal power. I've always been this way is like announcing to the universe, I am unable to use my imagination, my creativity, and I am completely closed off to new ideas. It is a huge kryptonite. Please 
only use this phrasing to reinforce something that you never want to change and you hope to always be true. So really pay attention to how it feels when you think it. If you say, this is just how I am. I like a big transformation. I like to go from mess to cleanliness and I enjoy that. And then embrace it and love that about yourself and appreciate that as a personality trait and don't feel like you have to change it. But if you say like, I can't go to bed until the everything is clean and that thought is stressing you out, making it feel like you have to, a marathon run to do before you go to bed at night, then you might not want to say, this is just how I am and nothing's going to change it. You know, use this sentence for things that are feel wonderful. Like, I am a natural born winner. Always was, always will be. This is just how I am. That is a great sentence to believe. How about, I am a child of God, loved no matter what. Nothing will ever change how valuable I am. Great. Brilliant. I can't see anything that you could argue with that would be a negative in that sentence. Like you're always going to be loved. Or how about a sentence like, I am enough. This is just how I am. I've always been good enough and nothing is going to change that. Those are things to hang your hat on, right? But just be super selective where you use these surrendering phrases and make sure it's something you always want to believe about yourself. Today's super mom power boost is to try something new. Magical things happen when we try something new. We override that part of our brain that says, this is just how I am, and we prove it wrong. When you try something new, you're showing yourself that change is possible and that you can experience new things or do things in a new way. So my client Jacqueline, who I'm going to be interviewing for a podcast coming up very soon, you guys are going to love her. Jacqueline was trying everything to overcome working mom burnout, but nothing seemed to be helping. She was exhausted, stuck, and one day, on a whim, she signed up for an improv class. This one act of rebellion put her on a different course. Improv helped her loosen up her thinking, trust her creativity, and get really uncomfortable with making mistakes in public. (laughs) From that place, from this new trajectory, this new course she started to walk down, that helped her do other new things like hire a life coach, switch up her career path, and she started a podcast about overcoming working mom burnout. So one small change can trigger a cascading effect of other changes. One of my super dead clients right now, he's trying to undo his addiction to round-the-clock work. At our last session, he said, he says, I'm not feeling any better yet. I think it was like four sessions in. In fact, I'm getting more and more fed up and desperate for change. But I am starting to eat better. After decades of starting my day at Starbucks with a coffee and a pastry, I switched to oatmeal. So he's thinking this is insignificant. But to me, this is a huge change. It's a very good sign that big changes are on the horizon. 
Because trying something new keeps the brain flexible and reminds us that we are not imprisoned by our habits. I have had itchy feet all through COVID, craving travel. So I asked myself, what is it about travel that I'm yearning for? The answer is novelty and adventure. So I've been spending time trying to figure out how can I find more novelty and adventure? Well, I have discovered aerial yoga and it has been a blast. I feel like a kid again, hanging from these silk hammocks, flipping around and upside down. Because you know, when you get older, like it's easy to get set in your ways and it's harder to find novelty. But this class and doing something new and difficult, it's keeping my brain nimble and my spirit youthful because I'm not good at it. (laughs) But I keep on trying. My teacher will say something like, curl into a ball, flip to your side and rotate your leg to the ceiling. And I can hear the words and I'll repeat them to myself, but my body's like, no, that that can't be right. It's like she's speaking this foreign language. My body's like, that's impossible. There's no way, but then I'll do it. And it's like a little firework goes off in my brain. It's so much fun. And I'm sure I will get good at it eventually or progress But by the time I do, the novelty and the adventure will wear off and it'll probably just feel like an ordinary exercise class. But for now, it's super fun. So if you want a boost of energy, try something new and prove to your brain that you are capable of change. It doesn't have to be in the same area where you find yourself struggling, right? Your messy house draining your energy? Learn a new language on Duolingo. Can't get a hold of your finances? Try some new plant-based recipes. It doesn't have to be in the same area that you're wanting to change. It could be in any area. Just try one small new thing or do it in a new place, in a new way, and you'll keep your brain flexible and remind yourself that you can create whatever you desire. Today's quote of the day, successful organizing forces you to look at the big picture not one small section of the frame, so that the system you design will be complete. That was a quote by Julie Morgenstern, who I love her organizing books. If you're at all interested, she does organizing from the inside out, time management. She's got organizing books for teens in there. Check out juliemorgenstern.com. I thank you so much for being here with me today. I will love you and leave you. And I hope to see your reviews coming through soon. Oh, I forgot to tell you where to go. You can go to lifecoachingforparents.com slash review, and it'll show you how to how to leave a review, how to tell me that you've done it if you want the $100 discount. It has links to social media and Yelp, my Yelp page, so that you can help me spread the word. Thank you so much. Have a great rest of your day. Want a free life coaching session? Go to lifecoachingforparents.com and schedule yours today. And thank you so much for listening. I would love it if you would subscribe and share these podcasts with your friends. If you have a question you'd like me to answer on the air, go to lifecoachingforparents.com slash record my question and you can send me a voicemail recording or write me an email and I'll answer it on the air. Thanks again. Have a great day.